I'm Marie Reevy. I am the national chair of the Christian Police Association. Um, for two years in 2019 and 20, I was also the national lead for a initiative called Faith and Police Together. I've been a police officer since I was just 19, uh, starting in January 2003, so you can do the maths. Um, and I became a Christian in January 2009, whilst I was on a career break. During that time, um, so it was the final year of my career break, and I just asked God, where do you want me to be? I'm a police officer, I'm currently unemployed, I'm a diving instructor, I'll do what you want. And God made it very, very clear that policing is where he wanted me. So I actually went back to the police um, three months early. And this, it was the same months that the Christian Police Association in Norfolk relaunched, having been dormant for quite a number of years. And I've been heavily involved with the Christian Police Association ever since. And I really believe that uh, the police and the church can make a real difference. So I'm speaking to you today as a fellow Christian, speaking to Christians. Uh, I may refer to faith communities purely because my brain has been chipped to... Uh, say faith communities having done it so long across that multi-faith spectrum but you know I'm going to speak to you today as a fellow Christian um, and uh, yeah any questions just raise your hand or uh, shout it out and I'm sure we'll hopefully be able to answer them so there's my contact details if you did want to get in contact you can also get them off the Christian Police Association website I think they're on there as well so um, for those I see a few phones just come out, so I'll wait for you to take those pictures. Um, so, as I said, I was the national lead for Faith and Police Together for two years. And Faith and Police Together is about building bridges between the police and our local faith communities. So, for yourselves as CPA, uh, it's churches. Um, and we want to see that prayerful, practical involvement in local policing issues that are of direct relevance to churches and the communities that they serve. Building stronger, safer neighbourhoods to help transform communities is ultimately what it was about. So there was a, a number of people who were doing some fantastic social action work, working with the police, but they recognised that there still needed to be more done to help promote and develop the, the concept around faith communities, being able to engage with the police to problem solve and tackle community issues. So Faith and Police Together was born in 2018. I happened to be at the launch and, and just said, this would be my dream job. You know, I've, Ever since I came back into the police, I felt real passion to, to just see the church going, what can we do to help? What is the need? How can we support our local police? What are the problems in the community and how can we make a difference? Um, and I say even if it's just prayer, actually, we know as Christians that prayer is the most powerful thing that we can be doing. But for those fellow colleagues that aren't believers actually for them you know we can say and we can be praying about this we we want to do this and, and we know that that makes a difference and so um that's how I ended up uh, being involved with faith and police together and um so over the time I was seconded, I ultimately ended up creating this guide here, which is the Faith Communities Guide to Engaging with Police. Come and see us on the Christian Police Association stand. You can get as many copies of that as you want if you haven't already got them. Uh, good to see you have. And um, you can also download it from the Christian Police Association website or from the Faith and Police Together website. And this guide basically um, is a culmination of what I did in that first year and I wanted to create something practical to help and assist churches and other faith groups to be able to understand how they can engage with police, how they can start to break down some of those barriers. And what I'm hoping to do today is just talk you through some of that, share some stories and experiences, both bigger stories as well as the small ones, because I'm aware that not every church has a great big capacity, but actually every church, no matter how big or small, can make a difference and start connecting with their local commu community. So um, before I go on, I just want to share a vision that God gave me in 2014. So I was at a conference and I was just crying out to God for one of our local drug uh, addicts who was a criminal. He's a regular 
burglar and you know he would do residential burglaries burglar old people's homes um, him and his partner were both ivy heroin addicts they've got two very young children and they were co constantly in and out of police cells and social services support and all of that kind of thing and god showed me a picture of him and his partner saved clean added to the church the church supporting them discipling them uh, and their lives utterly transformed so much so that social services were so happy with the transformation and the support that they were getting from the church that they withdrew their support because they weren't needed anymore and then the knock-on impact of that is actually we've got no longer crime happening so it's reduced demand on police you've not got victims of crime and the impact of that on those individuals you've got reduced demand on social services on the healthcare sector as they're no longer going in and out of um, hospital and overdosing and all those other uh, issues that are related to drug use you've got reduced demand on the criminal justice service the prison service the education system wins because these children are now in stable homes where they're getting supported by the church and, and in the positive environment and the list goes on uh, and that's only just that first generation and the impact that that happens with and then God said to me now imagine that with 10 families like that and the impact that that would have on a community in a town where there's these challenges and then God said now imagine that with the entire town and so when I started this role I knew very quickly that addiction was one of the areas that God would be calling me to look at and it just for me highlights the value of the police engaging with the the church, the church engaging with the police, but also other sectors of society and, and the impact that can be had in those things. So within the Faith Communities Guide, it's split down into eight categories. Um, if it was purely a, a CPA document, then prayer would have come first, but because I needed to make it as inclusive as possible, then it, it's come at the end. But we'll talk about that at the, at the end, but it is... My, uh, my number one priority. So we look at engaging with police and, and it is so important. Are you engaging as churches with your local police? Relationship is the only way to build trust and confidence uh, and with your local police and relationship is the best way to get to know what's going on. So an example of that is in my own station, my beat team over the last couple of years, so this is before I've arrived, I've been in my current post since January, um, they have been uh, connecting with someone who went to a faith and police conference that we held locally, who's reached out into the local beat team and just said, look, we want to get to know you, we want to know how to help you and support you. Uh, and they've done um, some walk-arounds in different areas of the estate, then him and the a few from the church have done some litter picking in areas where it's a bit more challenging and, and just needs a bit of a tidy up and a spruce up. Um, they've been able to connect us with the multi-faith group within the University of East Anglia, which is on my area and in this patch, as well as uh, connecting with some other key groups that actually we probably wouldn't have contact with if it wasn't for the church connecting us to those uh, groups as it is. Uh, and my PCs, none of them, as far as I'm aware, have any faith, have all said that it's a really positive relationship, that he's really helpful. And before they really knew about what I did previously, they were all telling me about what is happening here and, and this guy and how helpful he's been and what's going on. So that's one way that just having that connection with your local beat team can make a real difference to start building those relationships. And you can do things like thank you, please. I, I often say that I'm really fortunate as a Christian, having done this job for so long and CPA stuff, I get thank yous all the time because Christians love to thank the police generally. And so I get lots of thank yous. But I tell you what, a lot of my colleagues don't. A lot of our colleagues out on the ground who are going to jobs day in and day out, arresting people, and, you know, we're often the baddies. People don't want us to turn up. If we turn up, it's either because you're in the middle of a crisis or we're nicking you or we're delivering some really bad news. And so, if you know, if it's the bad news, you don't want us standing on your doorstep. If we're nicking you, you definitely don't want us standing on your doorstep. And if you are in a, a bad situation and you've called for help, then... Ideally, you don't want us there because you don't want to be in that situation in the first place. Uh, and so often, they don't get thank yous. We get lots of negativity. We get lots of complaints. 
but it's very rare do I actually get the thank you, this officer has done amazing, or um, they're getting told thank you on the streets and when they go to things. So um, please, I'd encourage you and encourage your churches to be saying thank you to your local police officers for what they do and, and just building that relationship by showing how much you appreciate them, you love them and you care for them. Uh, attend local priority setting meetings or community engagement events. Most local police will have some kind of engagement opportunities, whether they run street surgeries or priority setting meetings or have some kind of forum where they can engage with the public to find out what public perception is, what's going on, how, uh, what the needs are within the communities. Um, I really want to encourage us as churches to be to go to those meetings to get to know what's going on because even if you've not got a problem that you want to share actually you can hear what other people are complaining about what other people are suffering from and what the issues are that they've got going on in your neighborhood so that can then fuel your prayers maybe start helping you to think about how you can engage and support your local community in a different way Report crimes and be a witness. So if you see a crime going on, please report it because then we know what's happening. If you've seen it, please be a witness and provide that statement and go to court if necessary so that we can again build that picture. You can also, um, you'll, you'll know what's going on in your communities probably better than what we do in many ways. And if you know that there's rumblings of community dissatisfaction or tensions within the community, by having this relationship, you can start to feed some of that back into the local police so that they know, actually, that stabbing that happened last week or this drug dealing that's going on, it, it, there's, a, there's a bit of a turf war beginning to rumble or something like that. And, and so you can be some of those information providers that help us to police better in the communities that we are working in. Invite your local officers to do a surgery or some kind of engagement at your meetings and groups. So going back to the the guys that I was telling you about a little while ago, they, my officers have just dropped in at different social action projects that the churches in our area are doing, and they've had some fantastic conversations. And they've had conversations that they probably wouldn't have had if they hadn't have just dropped into and been invited into some of these groups. And... It may be that actually your social action project is, or your church meeting, whatever it is, is the only safe place and place where someone can get away from domestic violence. And it might be the only opportunity where that mum or dad can actually talk about and speak to the police in a safe way because there's no other time that they're able to engage with us. Um, it might be because it's in that safe environment that if someone's suffering from a, a hate crime or um, just general antisocial behaviour and stuff, that because you're there, because we're there, they'll actually report it to us, but otherwise they're suffering silence and they don't, they're too afraid or they don't want to come to the police. So, But because we're there and we're in that safe environment, it'll open up the opportunity for them to be able to speak to us and engage with us in that way and then we can look to make sure that we're getting that support and another way that you can do it is become a friend or a community partner of the christian police association so the christian police association has been going on for 138 years will be 140 next year and um it, we're basically an organization of christians across the united kingdom uh, of police officers, staff, uh, members of the public who are friends of the Christian Police Association, churches can sign up to be community partners. And by doing that, you'll get our monthly on and off duty magazine. You'll get connected into your local branch of the Christian Police Association. Some of them are more active than others uh, in, in the engagement that they give, but you're able to get that connection and then you can start to build relationship with your Christians within your um, own force area as well so that that's another way that you can engage with your local police and find entrance in another few ways that you can encourage your church members to engage with the police is work for your police I think working for the police is one of the best things you can do it, you know where else do I get to care for the poor those that are oppressed those that are in 
dire straits, those in trouble, you know, domestic violence victims, young children that are subject to neglect and abuse. We get to be involved in those situations and try and bring justice and seek justice, whether it's sexual offences or antisocial behaviour, the, the, the list is endless. So I, th I think policing is a great career that is highly compatible with being a Christian uh, and seeing God's kingdom come in that way. But maybe you don't want to be a police officer, but there's police community support officers, there's other roles such as finance, HR, lawyers, administrators, investigators, forensic investigators. The list is absolutely endless as to what we could do. But by being involved in the police service in one of these ways, you can get active, you can have an influence over police, the police service and, and what we do to be that witness, salt and light for Jesus in the police force, making a difference and engaging your church with that work for, um, with your police. Likewise, you can volunteer. Chaplaincy. I've spoken to a number of police chaplains today and it's so good. I love it when I hear about chaplains who go out with their uh, colleagues and they're just there to listen. So some chaplains will literally go out and do a whole shift out on the beat with officers and are there in the thick of it, understanding it, being in that listening ear. And then when the time comes for them to need to know, an officer wants to talk to someone or needs someone, they know who they can turn to. They've got someone there. And even today I've heard a story of how someone... Um, was having a marital problems that an officer had had an affair and he went to his local chaplain and said, look, we're really in a difficult situation here. Can you help us? And so the chaplain went for a walk with the officer and his wife and they talked and they talked through everything and actually things seem to be in a good place now. Um, I, chaplains can do so much and at a time where well-being, the pressures and the stresses that are on police officers with their workloads is so big. Actually, people need an opportunity to have someone to talk to them, to know that they care, that isn't necessarily a colleague because they don't want to show that they're struggling, wouldn't necessarily want to be their boss that they tell, but actually having someone that's there, that they know is neutral, that they can listen to, chaplaincy is so powerful, important. We've got police support volunteers. Uh, again, they're people that just want to volunteer their time to come and support the police, depending on what uh, force it is, what roles there are. There's a number of ways you can do that with, it could be cleaning the police cars, it could be doing some administrative work, general sorting and supporting. All sorts of different opportunities are there. Special constables, so they're, they're volunteer police officers. They have all the powers of police officers. Uh, go out on shift and, and just be like a police officer is, but they're volunteers, so do it alongside their other day job. And again, there's a number of Christians and CPA members that do that, uh, and it's such a witness and an opportunity to um, be salt and light in, in the police service and support your local police. Community speed watch, neighbourhood watch, and so many more ways there are of working with and volunteering with your local police. Then... The next section is get educated. And I think this is really, really important. Competent compassion is key. Knowing what the problem is, understanding the problem. So if you're dealing with people who are suffering from domestic abuse or wanting to get to engage with that more, you know, get educated. What is domestic abuse? What What is criminal child exploitation? What is child sexual exploitation what what are these things what are the signs what are the symptoms how does how does that impact on us and, and, and how can we support people what what other agencies are there that are out there to deal with these matters because sometimes it's not necessarily about us doing more it's about supporting someone as they reach and get the support from the statutory agencies that are already in place that they don't know about and so I, I would encourage you to get get educated about what other support mechanisms what other factors are out there that would enable you to support someone say suffering from domestic abuse or addictions or um, youth violence and those kind of things so that you're more equipped yeah So how do you get to know those agencies and learn about them? So there's a number of ways you could do it. You, um, I would suggest that your local um, council would be a good way to know. Uh, do a bit of research in the area. If you were to look at voluntary, so like in Norfolk, you maybe say 
research voluntary Norfolk that would have a list, but a lot of directories are available that will have lists of different agencies. If you sort of said domestic violence in Warwickshire support or, or domestic violence support in Warwickshire, you'd, you'd get some, something would come up or whatever your county is. So um, I would, that's what I would be looking to do in that way. But also you can, sp again, speak to your police and say, we really want to start, we're aware of these issues, we want to get educated. What agencies would you recommend or where would you recommend us talking to? Your libraries are another good place. They often have quite a lot of information and citizens advice Bureau also is a wealth of information about what other agencies and support is out there to help with some of these kind of topics. So um, that there's some good starting places for that. Um, and as it says there, again, use the internet and other um, specialists to equip you. Um, so uh, in Norfolk, one of our drugs specialists the support agencies, Matthew Project, they've actually been doing um, an initiative where they've gone out and been supporting and educating churches and helping churches to understand and recognize the signs and uh, of drugs misuse and things like that and helping them to know how to support the young people that they're dealing with with drugs problems so there's all sorts out there if if you're willing to look for it and find out about it as well so uh, that's um and then getting connected so um I'm sure that most of you are all involved with some kind of social action project, but one of the biggest things and problems that research has shown is that faith communities with their social action projects don't get enough referrals. People don't know that they're happening or what's going on. And so I'd encourage you to promote what you're doing. Make sure that people know. Make sure that your local police know that you've got a project that you're doing, that if you've got anyone that matches this criteria, you know, we're here, we do this kind of stuff. Um, and, and those kind of things can really make a difference in getting connected. So think about where are you advertising what you are doing? Uh, could you use your local advertiser? You know, Facebook and promote prompts and things like that is another key way to, to do it. Um, but don't just think about the immediate local vicinity of your church community word of mouth but think a bit more strategic does the council does your local council know what you are doing do your local police know what you are doing do your other partner agencies know what um, you are involved in and how you might be able to support them and over time as you're consistent and you build relationship you'll get called upon more and more. And, and so, for, for an example, my church, we've been running a mental health support group for well over 15 years now, and um, we get referrals from GPs and, and support workers. And you know, for years, it's been quite slow going and quite challenging, but actually, in recent years, the, in, the uptake has been massive, and we are seeing some real fruit, and we're getting loads and loads of referrals. We're now doing it three days a week, and, and it's got a name, and actually, I know that some of the people that attend that would be people that we would deal with on a local capacity, and, and so the word is getting out there, and I've sort of talked to a number of different organizations, said, you know, this is what's going on, and they're like, wow, we've never heard of that. We really could do with that. That's really helpful, so it's just about making sure that you're you're networking really and getting that information out there about what you are doing um, and also do you know what others are doing in your community um, I think you know it, one of the biggest ways that Jesus blesses his church is when we work in unity together he loves it when the church works in unity and comes together. And, and by unity, what I mean, I don't necessarily mean all churches working on the same project together. There's some things like street pastures or um, street angels, those kind of things. We're actually working as churches together as a whole, everyone providing and putting in is a great example of unity. But the other way working with, together with unity could be that we do a youth group for seven to 11 year olds and this church does a youth group for 11 to 15 year olds. And you'll do a mums and tots group on a Tuesday and we'll do a mums and tots group on a Thursday. Well, it's, you know, so actually working together in unity, you provide a vast expanse of, of, act, of projects and initiatives that aren't competing against each other. Because if you've got two churches providing two mums and tots groups on 
Tuesday. What does that look like to the rest of the community? And so actually working together in unity can be, well, let's think about how we're going to do this to get the vast cover that we can get to make the biggest difference in our community. If we're going to deal with young people and do some detached youth work, let's make sure we're not doing it on the same night. Let's make sure we're doing it one on a Tuesday. Friday, one on a Saturday night, so that we're, we're covering that space. Um, so by finding out what others are doing in your area, uh, you can then fill in the gap and, and try and provide that coverage. And it, you know, no church is going to have the answer to everything. And actually within a community, the church churches working together perhaps aren't even going to be able to meet half the needs of that community but when you work together to fill in as many gaps as you can support one another refer different people to different groups because actually we don't do that but that church does that is just such a glorious demonstration of the kingdom of God at work and the church working together in unity so get connected know what others are doing in your area and then fill in the gaps and don't compete then the main bit of what I was looking at is serving the needs of your community and meeting those needs. So when you've got those relationships going, you'll naturally start knowing what is the need within your community. But there's so many ways that the church can help. And it may sound really daunting. If we say about youth violence and the, the church can help step up and tackle youth violence, it might be, I don't have a clue how to do that. But actually, what we're really good at is young families, mentoring parents, coming along and supporting young children. And you can get really involved with the preventative work and looking at that, okay, so who are the kids on the peripheries? Who are the kids that are most likely to get involved in gangs and youth violence and things like that? That's where we want to target our attention. We're going to get trained up. We're going to be able to provide the mentoring and the family support that's needed to prevent those young people from getting into youth violence and crime. Um, it could be restorative. So that could be the uh, mentoring scheme. So someone who is, perhaps they've come to faith or they're in the midst of it and, and you're gonna be that mentor for them. You're gonna walk with them. You're gonna uh, engage with them and support them through their recovery process. If they're in uh, addiction recovery, you're gonna provide supported housing. You know. Again, it, it's a different skill set that's required, but some churches are going to have skill sets where you can, you can do that. Perhaps you've got ex-police officers, ex-probation officers, ex-drug workers. You know, Actually, your skill set level is going to be at a higher level to, to do some of that, walking with people through some of these challenges. And the preventative can be done by those that have none of that, that level of skill set, but they're great with families and they're great with young people and they're great with those suffering from mental health or parenting advice and support. And, and then... There's all sorts of different ways. So as I said, we looked at um, addictions. Now, again, addictions can sound like it's a huge thing, and I have no idea how to support someone with an addiction. But actually, there's organizations and there's stuff out there that can help. Um, so as I said, it could be the preventative in your youth groups, in your sermons, in your general social action and support stuff going in the week, life groups. You know, are we looking at these real practical issues of, that help to address issues of addiction? And it might not be drugs and alcohol. It could be pornography. It could be um, all sorts of different things, but they're all life-destroying, and they can ultimately lead someone to a, a cycle of crime because they've been addicted to something and then it just spirals and spirals and they lose their home and they lose their family and suddenly they're at rock bottom and and they've ended up committing crime to tackle the issue because there's nothing left and so we we can really help to tackle those by um, maybe it's a recovery home and you know, the guys in Wales at Hope Centre Ministries, they do a great job and, and they'd support a church if a church felt called to um, set up a recovery home. You know, they'd, they'd be that overarching support and they'd work with you if you wanted to do that. Um, we've also got Teen Challenge, which works very differently. But again, you can support people and send them off to Teen Challenge and then support them when they come back. Um, but then there's also Keys Community Detox, which enables and empowers local churches to help someone through detox and recovery whilst they remain in their 
own home local church, but that you work in partnership with the GP, the, the support workers, and then the Keys uh, doctors on a script to get them off the, um, or prescription to get them off the substance, whichever one it is. Um, but they also then have to go through the discipleship program and everything else. All of them are highly valid. All of them work in different ways. It could then be that you run a um, perhaps a recovery program of some kind for those that have gone through detox. They've gone through a recovery process, but they still want to get in, keep involved with a recovery program and talk a bit. So a little bit like AA, but a Christian version of it or something like that to support someone who's in that process. So it, it can go all the way through from that preventative through the hard graft of the actual coming through recovery and all of that to the the continuing it on and, and being that recovery capital you know someone who's been addicted and and in that chaotic lifestyle that's come through needs support they need people they can turn to and who's going to walk the walk with them and stand beside them if they slip up and someone they know who they can turn to and speak to and all of those things help to tackle addiction and it would be similar with homelessness as well and it may be the providing that supported housing um, working with your local housing sector so again this is a, a key reason why um, being strategic in our thinking and engaging with our strategy agencies is really key so um, I heard of an example where there was relatively few homeless people in in fact it was in I think it was in Norwich, um, but there was a large number of churches and non-faith groups wanting to feed the homeless people because they thought that that was the right thing to do to help tackle the issue. But actually what it did is it created an issue because it was stopping those individuals from then getting the help that they needed because they were comfortable on the streets, they were having the provision that they wanted, food was getting wasted because there was just so much being offered uh, and it caused a real problem. Whereas had people worked with the strategy agencies and said, look, I know there's a problem, how can we help? What can we do? What's the need? What's, what is required? they'd have probably heard that actually what's needed is people that will mentor, people that will come alongside, people that will provide or providing some housing. And, and you've got things like Hope Into Action and Green Pastures that can be social landlords and, and help with that process if that was what you wanted to get involved in. So there's, again, a number of different initiatives and projects that um, churches can can get involved in a preventative, supportive and restorative way that can help to tackle homelessness and some of the other issues around it. Youth violence was another area that I looked at and um, we there are, again we just a number of different ways it's that young person mentoring, detached youth work. There's all sorts of ways that we can help engage with and prevent it and help to reach out to people with the right training. We can, we can be effective if that's what God has called us to. And I, and I think that's the thing to remember with all of this is we need to do God's calling on our lives. There's so much good work we could do. Uh, and but actually we need to be obedient to what God's wanting us to do as individuals but and as the church and and we we're all going to have our different spheres of influence we're all going to have our different skill sets as churches and so really seeking God as a church and as an individual how do we make the difference that you want us to make as a church in this community can then help us to get equipped get the training that we need and, and, and step out so um and just and the other areas we looked at was loneliness and there's but there's so much more human trafficking nighttime economy issues street pastors as i've mentioned are one of the longest running kind of probably examples of faith and police working together where um, churches come together and they support the police with the nighttime economy and it's invaluable you know when i do public order in norwich i love it when the street pastors are out because it makes so much difference to know that there are people that are going to look after the vulnerable people so we don't have to do that because actually we've got other people doing that which means we can then look out for other stuff that's going on and get involved in in those kind of things with our limited resources it's so so valuable there's a big problem. They had like three clubs um, that was drugs abuse and drinking, and there'd be young girls out there with like 
stiletto heels and whatever and drunk out of their minds and they're sitting on the curb. And we just used to go around and chat to them and get them taxis and things if they needed it. And we had an amazing amount of um, chats and we were able to help a lot of them. And um, eventually we did such a good job that the bad clubs closed down and they didn't need us anymore in Staines at all. Um, but just recently it started up again, so I don't know whether they will start again. But it, it was a, an, an extremely rewarding job too, to, to, to help these guys. So um, some street pastors or street angels or whichever name you want to go under um, go out at different times of day as well. So in my hometown, I know that we've deployed street angels at, uh, or town pastors is the group that they're called, um, at school kicking out times because of the antisocial behaviour that's been involved around school kicking out time. So again, it's just another way that we can be working with the police to try and tackle some of those issues that are going on in our communities. Um, so human trafficking, and just a story, again, so simple in how we can work together. And so... Um, our human trafficking team, they contacted the local CPA branch leader and said, we've got an Iranian Christian. Do you know of any Iranian-speaking Christian charities that we can connect him with? Um, because at the moment he's at risk and we can't speak Farsi and, you know, we, we don't, you know, he needs, he's on his own, he's isolated. And um, she contacted me and then through my contact we were able to actually connect them to a couple of Iranian-speaking, an, an Iranian-speaking church and an Iranian-speaking charity that actually specialised in human trafficking. And so again, it's just those thinking about how how we can work together and connect and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about do we know what's going on and, and do you do your local police know what's going on and by being partners of the CPA you can help to potentially build some of those bridges and tackle some of those kind of issues but safe houses providing those supportive homes for people that have come out of uh, human trafficking, modern-day slavery, all of those kind of things, um, domestic violence, refuges and support and homes are a great way for churches to help to tackle and address some of these issues if that's the need that's in the area and that's what you're, you're feeling called to. And then hospitality and support for your police. So um, there's a number of ways that churches are connecting with and supporting their local police. Um, one that is very commonly used is the offer of buildings uh, for free of charge for them to be able to use them for training or events and um, whether that's the SNAP, sorry, it means the Safe and Neighbours Action Panel meeting. So that's your policing set, uh, priority setting meeting, as I said, trainings or as a meeting place. But offering up your buildings if they are sat free in the middle of the week you could be using them for that i had heard of one area where um churches were being used for dog training so the um police dogs were going in and and they were great places for them to be using for sniffing out like drugs training and stuff like that and because they're always looking for new locations to be able to train the dogs and and different things um but then there's also other ways which you could provide services for your local police. So in Cambridgeshire, there's a church that has, uh, they, they have a whole counselling centre uh, and they set up a partnership with the local Christian Police Association, which um, basically enabled police officers to access free Christian counselling with a priority uh, if they needed it. And I know a couple of people that have said that they've used it and it was fantastic. But uh, one of them wasn't a Christian and it was just really, really helpful for her. Another was a Christian and because she was a Christian, she found that even more helpful because they were able to speak to her as a Christian as a, from a Christian perspective. So uh, again, it was just providing that support and for their local police in the way they can. Cat money courses, you know, there's a policing isn't that well paid, especially if you're in the lower ranks in the lower years. You can earn nearly as much money stacking shelves in some places uh, as you can as a, a young new PC in the job. And and so, you know, there's a lot of police officers that do struggle with debt and with the cost of living rising and everything else like that. 
working with your local police, uh, Christian Police Association, could you potentially look to put on some cap money courses? In, I think it's Thames Valley Police, they've actually got an agreement with their local cap debt centre and there's referral systems in place and they work together to help support officers and staff who struggle with debt issues. Um, we've got um, Kintsugi Hope courses being run, um, which are well-being courses, and so the CPA and support of uh, others that um, run these courses alongside with the churches are supporting officers by offering Kintsugi Hope courses to help to tackle issues around mental health and well-being for officers and staff. And then there's other things like like the uh, supporting CPA delivering courses. So, as I said, it could be Kintsugi, it could be Alpha course. Um, so several years back, we did an initiative with Norfolk and Suffolk Christian Police Association where I got in contact with a lot of churches that were running Alpha 1 September and um, said, would you be willing to partner with us? And we would kind of refer people to you if they lived in your area, but be willing to do ad hoc sessions that don't fit in with the weekly pattern because one of the challenges with being a police officer or any shift worker is actually I can't make 10 Tuesdays in a row to do an alpha course or some other course because shift work doesn't allow it and so actually by work partnering with your local Christian police association to help them to facilitate some of these kind of courses but having that flexibility to say yeah we'll, if you want to do alpha we'll we'll do alpha with you and we'll make sure that you don't miss out on the sessions that you can't make it because of your shift patterns um, that makes a world of difference and actually for us as CPA and me at the time I was the branch leader it was so helpful because I didn't have the capacity. I mean, even for me, I wouldn't be able to run an alpha course 10 weeks in a row because the, the shift pattern that works with it. But then to find the capacity to catch someone up and support someone who wasn't able to make that session is even harder. So having churches working in partnership to support those kind of courses is, is really, really helpful. Um, and as I said, Join the Christian Police Association is another way that you can support us and, and get further ideas of how to um, support and come alongside your police. And then finally, but most importantly, is pray for your police. Uh, I, I can't overemphasize this enough. Uh, I, I really believe that prayer works. Uh, I really believe that God wants us to be praying for our police, I will believe he wants us to be praying for our communities. Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will, too will prosper. And I just really believe that this is what God wants us doing. He says, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, and we know that Jesus said, if we ask, he will give and he will answer our prayers. And so, you know, let's get strategic in prayer. When you have a church prayer meeting, do you know what to be praying for? Do you know what your local policing priorities are? Do you know how to make your prayers strategic in what you're actually and specific into what you're praying for and again when you have this relationship with your local police that will help to guide some of those prayers and target some of those prayers but what about praying for um, the crime rates to drop in a certain thing if you know what the issues are locally or domestic violence the issues against women and violence against women and girls those kind of things pray pray strategically for those areas Find out what the deep-rooted issues are affecting your community, because that will make a world of difference. If we, can, if we tackle the deep-rooted issues in prayer, you know, Ephesians says that our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers and principalities of darkness. And actually, we need to deal with the root cause of some of these issues. If we're not dealing with the root cause, then we're just putting a plaster over the wound. And so let's get thinking about, okay, what are the deep-rooted issues in our community? How do we be praying for the issues that are going on in our community so that we can see 
our communities utterly transformed. And then pray for things like addictions to be broken, the youth violence, all those different things need to be prayed for. I'd also encourage you to be praying for your police. Pray that we uphold justice, that our integrity is strong, that, that we as Christians in the police, that our, we would be salt and light and that we would be the, the role models uh, and Jesus to our colleagues. Pray that every police officer in the land would do their job well with diligence and all of those kind of things. Pray for your local police to know rest. You know, so many officers are so stressed uh, and their workloads are so high that many of them can't switch off. We're working long hours. I've got sergeants that are working on their rest days just to try and do their workloads and I keep telling them off. Um, but then I have to tell myself off because I do it too. Um, and, and so, you know, be praying for your local police. And, and there's some prayer pointers downstairs in the, on our stand. We've got a number of different cards and bookmarks. You're very welcome to come and take a load of them to give away at your church um, uh, and connect with people. We've got the National Day of Prayer for Police on the 30th of June. We do this every year since COVID. We've gone online and that's actually been really good. We've had it as an international day of prayer and we get um, Christian police fellowships from across the world involved as well. But a lot of CPA branches pray in their, uh, have local uh, engagement going on in their churches, praying for their local police. It's a great opportunity to connect with your local police. Say, we know it's the National Day of Prayer for Police coming up. How can we be praying for you? What are the issues and the needs in your community? Could someone come and speak uh, and, and just be that voice? You know, if you're in a community where there is um, some hostility towards police, actually getting a police officer to come along and just share about being a human being and some of the challenges of being a police officer and, and how people can support the police can be really helpful in just breaking down some of those barriers, building trust and confidence in the police. And so National Day of Prayer is a great excuse for that. Um, and, but you could do it at any time if you wanted to have a prayer for your community day. Um, and there's a bit more information in the guide. Also on the um, Christian Police Association website, we've got a whole section about praying for the police, how you can get more involved, the kind of things to pray for. If you become a member of CPA, you'll get a monthly prayer diary, which gives sort of the names of all the branch leaders and a couple of strategic points each month to be praying into for us. And so... Um, if you do nothing else, I'd just encourage you to be really praying for, praying for your police and thanking them, letting them know that you, you support them in that way. Um, if you hear of sirens, it's something I generally do. If I hear any blue light sirens going along, I always pray for God's intervention in those situations. I pray that God would keep the, whether it's police, fire or ambulance, that God would keep them safe, that God's kingdom would come, that per the, the person that they're going to would be kept safe or would survive or whatever is going, and just pray for God's kingdom into those moments. And, you know, I, I, as I said at the beginning, I really believe that prayer is so important so so important we we can build we can work hard but actually if God doesn't move if God doesn't come then everything we do is in vain and so um, please please be praying for your police be praying for those if you've got police officers in your churches really be praying for them it's a tough job they need prayer support and they need prayer backing uh, I can't overemphasize that enough. And I'd also encourage you, if you've got police officers in your church, make sure that you're providing something that enables them to work around shift patterns. You know, as I said, it's not easy to do 10-week commitment to something on a set day. It's not easy to get to church every Sunday. You know, never mind midweek group a lot of the time, just because of the way the shift pattern works. But having someone that you know you can pray with and connect with and, and they're connected to a discipleship group, someone who's going to chase them up, especially if they're new. You know, I sadly, I've seen it where police officers become Christians, um, but because of shift pattern, they don't get to church very often and and nobody gets in contact with them. Nobody is discipling them. And it's like, well, they should be coming to church. They should be prioritizing church. Well, actually... What about if they only get three Sundays off in every 12 weeks and they've got no other saved family? 
Is it right that they should be coming to church on a Sunday when perhaps their wife and their kids are not Christians? Or should they be having that day as a family day because it's one in three, one of the three days that they can have some quality time with their family because their kids are at school and everything else? So um, I just encourage you to be providing and thinking about how do we, and that goes for all shift workers, how do we connect with support and disciple shift workers, particularly new shift workers, because we know that Satan loves to try and pull away a new believer and detract them and and get his claws into them. And so let, let's let's make sure that as churches we are really supporting uh, new believers who work shifts and making it easy for them to get discipled and, and walking on that journey with Jesus. And so finally, just to recap, engage with your police, work for your police, volunteer for your police, get educated about the needs, the issues that are going on in your community and how you can be uh, able to support and, and do action and support for those things well. Get connected, so mapping that information, what's going on, creating some referral pathways is another way to um, work with the police and it could be something so simple like a referral pathway that could make the world a difference to your project as well as the community that you're connecting with. Serve your community and meet their needs where they're at. Hospitality for police and supporting your police and pray for your police. Uh, there's my contact details again. I will just say that the website is um, a little bit out of date. It's since I have started, well, for the last year, I've not been the national lead. And therefore, um, although I keep it going and I'm still talking about it and it's still very passionate of mine to do and with the work that I do as the National Christian Police Association lead, the website is a little bit out of date because I just don't have that capacity to try and keep on top of that. But the CPA website is also regularly kept up to date and we've got a team that does that as well. Uh, and Father God, I want to thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. I want to thank you that each person here is equipped, anointed to do good works that you have ordained for us to do. Father, I want to thank you that we are kingdom bringers, that we are atmosphere changers, that you have given us your authority to go into the world and take your kingdom and Lord, I want to ask that each church that is represented here would, would see your kingdom come, would see their communities transformed, that those areas of darkness and deprivation would be transformed into communities of hope and light. Father God, will you, will you develop these relationships? And Lord, I want to ask that you would... Um, use the audio recording that you would use each person here to uh, share the importance of engaging with the police and other statutory agencies to make a difference in our communities. Father, we thank you that you are building your church. Thank you that we don't do it alone, but we do this with your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I want to ask that you would make things so clear to each one of us what your calling is, what your role is, you want us as our, your churches to be doing in tackling some of these issues within our communities, that we wouldn't go about doing any of this in our own strength, but we would be reliant completely and utterly on you. In Jesus' name, amen.